0: Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. That's what I'm talking about, 10 cylinders here. A 10-cylinder car. I started counting them. I said, that's a 10-cylinder car. (laughs) Worshiping God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Welcome to the house of the Lord, and especially among the living, because we've been around the dead for a long time. And now to be around the living, that counts. Uh, We had a great time up in, uh, where were we? In Bakersfield. And uh, we had such a great time. It was powerful. Our next trip, we're going to Modesto. Edgy will be here in L.A., and then Manuel will be in Bakersfield. And then we're going to have our big conference, and that will start at the last week of January into the week of February. So... I'll give you the dates as soon as we secure the place. But we are expecting a revival like never before. I've been dreaming it. My spirit has just been dreaming it like this is it. The big hit. And I'm calling it Holy Ghost Power. I mean, that's what it's going to be. All I see is one fist on fire. Boom. You're going to get it this time. We're going to do so much evangelism from the freeways from 605 all the way into L.A., both sides of the freeway. We're going to evangelize. The guys are coming for two weeks. We're going to revive that place. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see God's glory descend. Can you say amen? amen. So we needed the breakers anointing. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to be anointed. Don't you want to be anointed? Amen. Listen, when you accepted Jesus, Jesus is everything. He's the one that broke the yoke in your life. So you are anointed, but you got to just program it into your spiritual mind that you have the mind of Christ and that you're anointed to do great things for God. So you're not just a little flea walking around on earth. You're a powerful person. Your wife is a powerful person. Your children are powerful people. So you need to understand that we are the family of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb, carry the anointing of God inside of us, and we can do anything that we set our hands to do. Can you say amen? So what I like is when we join together and we become one big family. Like right now when I'm seeing you, I see different of you and my eyes run through every row. You might not think that I don't see you, but I see you, and, uh, and just to see you, that makes me happy because we're a family, and we come together to do God's work, and most of all, to worship God with everything that we got. We don't come to church to, grow, uh, to, to show off, but we come to church to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to read a little scripture here in the book of Psalms. 133 verse 1, which is probably one of my favorites, favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures because it's so simple. And I believe that we need it right now because as we're gathering harvest, as we're gathering harvest, as we're releasing God's presence, we're going to need all of us to work together in harmony. And listen to the scripture of Psalms 133 verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Let me read it again. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's a powerful word, unity. You can, how many have ever been to functions with your family when there are only three are united and the rest of them are united by the hairs. <laughs> They're always fighting, never united. And what we need is a real unity because that's pleasant to God himself. And to see the brothers dwelling together in unity. So we got to look at ourselves differently and look at the family of God and say, you know what, regardless of all that we go through, we're a family And we got to stick together because that is pleasant before the eyes of God. So God enjoys unity. So every time we forgive each other, that brings unity. Every time we say, I'm sorry that I yelled at you or had a bad attitude, that brings unity. And that slaps the devil. You know, you slap him with your right hand, boom, shut up, devil. Because we're believing in unity. And so if our brothers make a mistake, we restore our brothers. We don't let them down. If we, one of us act like fools, we forgive him because, you know, he's got a bad temper and he blew it. And so therefore, we'll wait until he cools down. And then we talk to him and say, you acted like a fool, but we forgive you. So don't do that again. Amen. So let me talk a little bit about our mission, okay? Our mission. Our mission is important. Because you and I have been called by Christ and by God himself, the Trinity, the full Trinity, to be people that heal people, to bring people to Jesus and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And not only that, then we start the process of grooming our new family. How many know it takes time for you to change? How many know, some of you have taken maybe 20 years to change. How many have taken 30 years to change? How many have taken 40 years to change? How many have taken 50 years to change? How many have taken 70 years to change? My hand stays up. (laughs) Because it's a process of God doing something in us and growing us up and make it people that feel for people the way he sees people. We just can't see people just as people. We have to have passion for people to see them turn around. So that's why our mission statement is reaching, teaching, mending, and sending. So we reach them, we teach them, we mend them back together to think whole, and then if they have a divine call of God, so we got to send them, and send them to start some, something new. But our main assignment in the church, in the church, is that we have to create healthy people, yes. not fanatic people, because sometimes people are fanatics, you know. They're extremists, and God doesn't want us to be extremists. He wants us to be uh, temperate. Like being in the top of a seesaw, if you remember what that was, you could stand in the middle of the seesaw and you can balance things off and not be extremists. So we gotta balance ourselves up, and most of all, we gotta be healthy. How many have ever seen your family? Sometimes they get sick and they're not themselves. Some of them get so sick, and you, we wait until they get better, and then when they get better, they get healthier. They look better than before because they got healthier. The same way in in the things of God. We want to make sure that you're healthy. Healthy means healthy spiritually, that you know your Bible, that you're doing things accordingly to the Word of God, that you're just not hearing people, but you're investigating them in the Word of God. You're just not saying them. You know them because you've been reading your Word of God. The word of God is very instructive and it makes you into a person that becomes very healthy, healthy. Like we become healthy in, 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 in training. If you're married, you train your family. If you're single, you train yourself. And that's a lot of work, just training yourself in the biblical things. So then I trained all my kids, all six of them trained them, brought them up. Stella and I brought them up. Some of them are here. Some of them somewhere in the world, in the States, somewhere else. But we trained them to be good kids. Were they good kids all the time? No, I had to discipline them. I had to teach them how to act, how to respect people, how to show themselves to be something glorious inside the house, how to enjoy mom and dad. How to earn their little money that they were earning. All those little things that to us might not seem that are valuable, they're valuable because then you bring up healthy kids. And most of all, you do not pick up your voice against me because I'll slap your lips right off. <laughs> Learn how to be respectful, respectful to your elders. So we want to make people that are healthy healthy. And this is, this is the beautiful part. You only produce what you are and not what you say you are. So if you are a person that prays, the praying will start in them. Our children saw us praying and they learned how to pray. But if you're not praying, then you're not making a healthy family If you're not creating an altar in your your house, you're not creating a healthy family. If they're not seeing you pray, you're not creating a healthy family. You as a man, as a father and a mother, you have to create a good atmosphere. But if you're always looking at Netflix, if you're always looking at movies, and never being a person of prayer, you're destroying the little one's minds. Come on, somebody. So we taught our kids that we needed to learn how to pray, that everything came from God, and God was everything to us. Even when we were working, that God was everything to us, that God would bless the hands of our labor. And we taught them that the same way in church. We want you to be healthy. When we tell you to give, it's not because we want your money. It's because we want you to be healthy that you understand that God stretches your money, that God blesses you as an individual, that God, your, your 90% lasts longer than what it used to last. So you become healthy, healthy people. When you speak the word of God and say, brother, I got a need. Well, let's pray for it right now. Why? Because I'm a man of prayer and I believe the word of God and I want to pray together so that we can create an atmosphere of glory. And so that you can see the ways of God, how God is going to do great things in your life. That's creating healthy, healthy minds, minds that are not tripping anymore. Your mind trips all the time. You don't need to trip anymore because you've got a God that takes care of you. And if you learn how to maintain yourself in faith and speaking the word in faith and saying words like, I know that God's going to provide for me, because he always does, he supplies all of my needs. All of a sudden, your mind is starting to be transformed, and your mind is healthy, healthy, healthy. When a trial hits you, you say, Hallelujah, a trial comes here to me, and I am glad that the trial is coming because it's gonna take all the excess off and make me into a better individual. Some of us don't like trouble, but trouble exposes who you are. How many here have ever gotten in trouble and it exposes who you are? Some of you said, man, in jail you said, it. if you get me out of here, God, you weren't, you weren't even saved. If you get me out of here, God, I'll serve you for the rest of your life. And then you got out and got back in. You didn't learn. So God teaches you now that you're born again. How many here are born again? How many love Jesus with all your heart? Yeah. yeah okay. So we we gotta be healthy. We can't be legalistic. Yes. That word is terrible. Legalistic. Well, you shouldn't be dressing that way. If she's brand new, you shouldn't be telling her that. You should be getting her to the side. This is Miha. Huh? We don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody. So you know, let's go shopping. You want to go take me shopping and buy me st- Yeah, I'll buy you something just, just so you can look a little bit more innocent, discreet, nice. Hello, operator, long distance. Why? Because we want to create a healthy atmosphere, but we don't want the Lord to offend the Lord of her getting offended by what we say. So some people don't know how to talk. Everything is like I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. Instead of saying, let me explain to you why we do what we do and why we're doing it because we want to help you recreate a healthy mind. How many here had a filthy mind? Ah, only 30%. Okay. (laughs) Your mind tripped a lot. You You were a crazy individual. But now in God, you wash your mind by reading the Word of God. You wash it. You wash it. You get all the filth out of your brain, the way you think. You respect people. You just don't raw jaw people. You respect people. And there's my granddaughter. She just hopped all the way to the front. (laughs) I just love her. You you can't stop her. It doesn't matter. I'm going to take pictures. It doesn't matter if I can't walk. I'll roll it in a a wheelchair. But I'm going to do what I got to do. That's healthy. But also... And why do we need healthy people? This is the reason. It's because you produce what you say, not what you say you are. In other words, people can see through your phoniness. I see a lot of people, oh, shut up, basita, you can say, yeah, yay, yay, yay. And then they walk out, what's wrong with you? Pow! Weren't you just a church? Pow. And the poor kids can, But Mama was having fun. Why why, why are you acting that way? Because I'm a little boy. (laughs) Common sense, you're healthy, helping even the little ones. The little ones deserve a little hug, the little ones deserve good words. The little ones deserve to admire them, to lift them up all the time because they're learning. And they're learning by seeing you. And you're creating healthy minds in those little ones because they're seeing of the way you act. Not what you say, but how you act. Ooh. Yeah. Am I saying that you had to spoil your kid rotten? I didn't even say that. I still believe in spanking. Ooh, what a sin. Ugh. I don't believe in hitting a kid in the face. I don't believe in abusing him. No, no, no. I believe that we did it all the time. Did it with my son, Jason, Jason, you did something wrong. I can't tell you what he did because he was crazy. <laughs> and I said, come here, I want to talk to you about it. And I talked to him about it. I said, okay, I'm going to spank you. I'm not going to slap you in your face. I'm not going to fist hurt you. But roll down your pants because I'm gonna spank you. I'm gonna spank you in the fluffies. <laughs> Those fluffies are meant for that. And I tell him, okay, well this is why I'm gonna spank you. I gave them all the picture. And and then I said, I I used to tell him, this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. And then I spanked him and he would tell, cry and everything and say, I'm sorry, Dad but you were wrong, it hurts me more than it hurts you. (laughs) And now he tells me, I understand what you're saying because I had to spank my son. But I didn't slap him, I didn't hit him, I didn't knock him out with a fist, I explained why I was doing what I was doing. And I said, if you move, you get an extra spanking. So let the fluffies, the jelly there just gel. It's okay. They'll settle down for the next one. Amen. So that's why we want to create healthy people because none of us were trained how to do things. We were trained that they abused us with a... With a belt, they abused us with a fist. They abused us in locking us up in a closet. Never did they say anything why they were doing what they were doing. How many had parents like that? Huh? Okay. You didn't have parents like that? You're very lucky. But I had parents like that. They, oh, I can't even tell you the stories they did to me but if it wasn't for Jesus I wouldn't be standing here. So we need we need healthy, healthy, growing people. Doesn't mean that you stop growing. It's, it's you keep on growing. There's always room. There's always room for more growth. Always, always. When I think I know something, everything changes and I have to relearn it again because the Lord adds a little bit more to it so that we could have the wisdom that we need. So we need healthy people. Now, healthy people are this. When you see them come in through those doors, God bless you, hallelujah. We are so glad to have you. Oh, you're sitting next to me. Wow, I get to talk to you. Man, I am so excited. I don't even know you. What's your name? And they tell you your name, and they look at you like weird. And then when you take them off for a cup of coffee there in the kitchen and you you talk to them, they enjoy that they met you. Somebody that's not a psycho, somebody that is a sweet individual, not a psycho. You don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. (laughs) They already know that for that, but they didn't come for that. They came for somebody to love them. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good to people. Never once did he say that he went doing bad. Good to people. When you see a need in people's lives, meet the need if you can meet the need. If they have financial need, meet those needs. Do whatever you gotta do because God will give it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Why? Because you took care of one of his little kids. And when I say kids, I'm talking about adults also. Because it's very Crucial that they become healthy where they can learn how to relax and say, you know what, I'm putting my guard down and I'm going to receive everything that God is saying to me because somebody was healthy enough to treat me right. What if I was a pastor and I was always tearing you apart? You wouldn't be here. You know why? Because that's the way it works. We need more of God, more training. We need healthy people. Then after we have healthy people, it's beautiful because they become committed. They become committed to the Word of God, to the house of God, and to the service of God. They're committed. Committed. Some of us were committed to gangs. Some of us were committed to a lot of things that we didn't have no business doing. But now being committed to Christ is the best thing that you could ever do because your family, listen to this, your family gets affected. When a man gets saved and does what's right, your family gets affected. Your wife gets affected. I remember when I got saved, Stella told me, what happened to you? What happened to you? I found Jesus, Stella. And she came to church to see if I was really in love with Jesus. She checked me out. Where's your girlfriend in church? (laughs) She was right there. Where's your girlfriend? I know you're here for the girlfriend. No, no. And then she got on my case. And and man, I got mad. I was brand new. you right. I was brand new. And I wanted to knock her out. Because I felt like she was just barking and barking and barking and barking. I was trying to praise and praise. And I, I couldn't do either one. I was just listening to everything. And man, I felt like knocking her out. And, and I, I lifted up my hands to heaven. and I said, God, please put a line right here. Put a wall or something, because I don't want to do nothing bad. I'm really trying to serve you. And I felt the wall come, and I would hear it. Quick, quick, quick. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> but I produced that. And to turn that was to serve the Lord. To serve the Lord. And that's how we start. When the man starts, all the family gets affected. When the woman starts, even her testimony affects the man and the children. Why? Because she's committed to a God that she really knows. You have to be committed. Once you become healthy, committed comes in the way. And it starts. The other thing that you need to do is that you need to die to yourself. Die to yourself. You say, Reuben, what do you mean die to myself? Let me, let me read you what Jesus said in John 9, 4. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. No man can work. So that was, that was the whole thing. And then in John 12, verse 23 through 24, listen to this. The hour is now come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die and abideth alone, but it, if, if it dies, it bringeth forth fruit. Now, dying is not in the sense of dying physically, it's dying to yourself. I want to do God's work, so I am going to die to myself to live for Christ, and, and that seed, when it falls into the ground, it, had, it takes time for that seed to die and, and just open up and just completely die. But when the seed dies and it opens, it brings this little life, this little blooming that comes in and this little vine that comes out. And all of a sudden it hits the earth and, and it produces fruit. The same way, you and I are going to have to die to our own ways. The way we treated people, we can't treat them no more. Now we become Christ-like. Now we follow whatever God says, we do it because we're doing it out of love. That's what happened to me when I got hit with the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, my whole life changed. I was in the home seven days, and after seven days, I was in Bible school. I was so hungry, starving, I was in Bible school. Working during the day, going to school at night. Working during the day, going to school at night. And Stella says, man, I've never seen you like that. I said, I've been born again, Stella. Something happened inside of me. And now I am just letting God do what he's going to do inside of my life. And I started blooming. I wasn't the same person. I wasn't doing the same thing. My whole life was, hey, I'm going to church. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do this and do that. Evangelize. And my whole life changed. Nobody told me what to do. This Bible Told me what to do. And the good people that had me were training me. Now in saying that, everybody needs somebody to train you. To train you. So you ought to pick somebody in the church and say, Pastor, do you recommend that guy to train me or that sister to train me? I'll tell you if it's going to be good for you or bad. But I'll tell you, ask me, and I'll tell you who's good, and I'll tell you who's Not too good. Because it's important that you get around good people because you want to be the best. Don't you want to be the best? I want to be the best person. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best church member. I want to be a good reflection of Christ. I want to be everything that God wants me to be. But I want to be 100% good in the family of God because I am dying to myself. I no longer want things the way I want them, I want them the way God wants me to be. Are you hearing me? You know, I see a lot of you, you bless me. I walk in, shake your hand, and I tap you in the back, and I see you, and I, I am so blessed just to see you. Sometimes you think, that I, I don't notice, but I, sometimes I just want to cry because I am so grateful for your life. I am so grateful for what God did in your life. I am so grateful that he resurrected you from the dead. I am so grateful because you're part of the body of Christ, and not, you're just not in church. And then when I see men that are married, I always look at their wives, they're smiling. I said, oh, he's doing his job. Then I see others. Well, the wife don't smile. She's probably giving me that look. (laughs) But when a wife is happy, the whole house is happy. Hallelujah. But it takes a man to make her happy. How did I get off on that one? That was a good one. Oh, yeah. Dying to yourself. Because even in marriage, you got to die to yourself. Because the wife demands so much. How many can say amen if you're married? Man, she's got more needs than, than one-day a vitamins. <laughs> and that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. But that's them. That's the way God made them. That's the way God made them. And they were beautifully made in the garden when Eve was there. Adam fell in love. That's the way you were. When you met your wife, you were in love. My name is Pepe Lapew and all that stuff, and you started romancing and the whole thing. And there you are. And now you've got 10 kids, 20 kids, 30 kids, but you're, you're there. I'm, I'm sorry, three kids, one kid. Okay. But the blessing is, is that you cater to that woman. Before we were saved, we catered to ourselves, we catered to everybody else. But we never catered to the woman we were with. You have to cater to her. You have to cater to her. I'm letting it sit there because some of you guys, you know, you're like caveman. You just get by the hand and drag her around. (laughs) No, 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 she's got her own feet to walk. How about if you just slow down and talk to her? Come on, baby, get by slow. Oh, okay. You got a problem? Uh-huh. Who's the problem? You are. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see, a woman always tells you the truth. They don't hide anything. That's why God calls you the reflection of a man. That's why. She'll tell you, you got hair in your, in your ear. <laughs> I do. You feel it. You got hair in your nose. Your mustache is crooked. That's a mirror. It's a mirror. And then she says, I'll help you. That's the other thing. She has a lot of help. I'll help you. Just teach me how to do it for you. I'll I'll help you. Because I know you're getting older, you can't see. (laughs) Now, she'll make that funny in order to help you instead of you being intimidated. No, when a woman talks to you, and talks the truth, just accept it. Don't be a man well, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. If I want hair, I want to have a weed in my ear, I'm fine. If I want to have hair in my eye, I'm fine. Don't be like that, you proud little thing, you know, you're nothing but an egoistic person. Those are just things to help you. And she tells you, one of your ears is bigger than the other one. Just say, well, I'm gonna get I'm gonna have long hair to cover that one. <laughs> say something nice. Don't get all intimidated. I wanna find whatever you want. <laughs> Just it out. No, that's not what you want. She's not saying to offend you. She's saying it to help you. Yeah. I wish my mirror was here because when my hair is off, I can't see it. Stella used to tell me, come here, let me, let me, that hair back there. What hair? The one I see back there? L- let me comb it for you. That's a mirror. It's used to comb it, you know. I miss that. I really do. Now I wake up and, like, oh my God, God help me. <laughs> the woman is the most special thing you have if you only know how to treat her. I used to buy Stella like beautiful stuff, expensive stuff. You know what she did to me? Get it out of here. I don't need that. Give me the money, I'll buy what I want. <laughs> she would tell me, I will get more than what you're giving me if you bear me the cash. And I will look good for you. <laughs> it was embarrassing to take stuff back, it was embarrassing. But I got the money back, but she was happy. But treating that woman good will bring influence to a lot of women. Because that's your reflection to the whole body of Christ, that you're doing a good job. All a a woman needs sometimes is just a good kiss. They're addicted to kiss. She would tell me, Aren't you gonna kiss me? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. (laughs) Later on, I didn't forget. Come on, baby, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't forget. Why? Because she was teaching me what she needed a little kiss. Come on, ladies, give give yourself a clap offering or something. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. When you first met her, you were like, oh, let's go to the back seat. and get her the theater, the theater, back in the theater, making out, and now, just a picker. How about getting her, give her a good one? Why not? It's legal. <laughs> You're married, it's legal. It's legal. And what do you make? A healthy wife? She's always smiling with you. Then she tells you, you got any money? (laughs) Then you pull it out. Yeah, I got mine. Well, let me me pick what I need. No, no, let me give it. No, let me pick what. No, no, let me give it to you. And then she'll tell you, I'm the one paying all the bills. I know the budget. You got more than the budget there. I'm talking a good reflection, a good mirror, a good mirror. There's some ugly mirrors. You know that, right? There's those mirrors are like that, and, man, you look at yourself, and you're like lumps. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're bad mirrors. You just can't, you know, you can't see through those mirrors. But when you got a good mirror, you see everything. Your wife is that reflection of who you are, who you are. I'll let that sink in. And when you get older, yeah, you know. When you practically can't walk, your wife is right there holding your hands. Come on, viejo. Come on, you old man. Take some WD-40 and spray those feet of yours and the ankles, but let's move it. I'll drive for you. Thank God for that reflection. How did I get up? Uh, uh, dying, yeah, dying. <laughs> yeah. Dying. Yeah. Dying. Dying to yourself and letting her say, have an opinion. Some guys are real macho man. We're going up. You walk 10 feet behind me. Like a squaw. You have a squaw. You don't have a wife. You don't have a squaw. Well, she is your wife, but you're just... Never mind. You don't want to... How about just taking her by the hand and say, "Come on me, let's go. I love you the way you look. Come on let's go, let's go. Let's take a walk like we used to take a walk at the park, we used to hug and we used to walk, we used to talk about everything, and now if the man doesn't want to talk <laughs> <laughs> Who was that?. <laughs> 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 the- That's the problem, we don't die, man, we don't die. And but when we want something, we talk. We're the best talkers in the world. Ay, que hermosa, que linda, que chula, how beautiful you are, and those big old things that you have on. They're beautiful, just don't hit me with them when I'm kissing you. But they're beautiful. But the man stops talking. I don't know what happens to men when they get married. They stop talking. They stop communicating. When you should be a hummingbird, you're not. That woman needs to hear security that you love her, that she's the greatest thing. And especially as you're growing older and the things are you're, you're, you you got to just be talking. Come on. Come on. Talk. You talk to the fellows. Have you ever seen yourself? You talk to her a little bit, and then you go with the fellows. Like if they let you out of the hen, and then you're talking away. Talking away. But when she's in front of you, they don't say nothing. You're just like, what do we do now? If you ask her, she'll tell you. Stella used to tell me, what happened? You You don't want to be romantic no more? Remember when you used to tell me all those things? What things? <laughs> and she wouldn't forget nothing because women don't forget nothing. She would say everything. I said, Oh, yeah, I remember. Wow, you remember all that? That's really great. Wow. Well, we got to get going again. I don't know why I'm doing this, but a good, healthy marriage. Learns how to die to themselves in order to live for others and themselves in a godly way. In a godly way. I'm almost done because I'm getting hungry, okay? Uh, (coughs) (laughs) So that was part of the mission. Healthiness, being committed, and dying. Those are the three things. Then comes unity. Listen to psalms one hundred and thirty three verse one. It is, it is good and pleasant when people live together in peace. It is like the perfume oil poured out on the priest 's head running down to his beard, and it ran down to aaron 's head and, and and to his collar and to his robe and it is like a dew a mountain dew, uh, the dew of a Mount Hermon falling on the hills of Jerusalem, there, is, there the Lord gives his blessing of life forever. So here, here it is. When we, when we come to God, then there is this perfume, there is this oil, and he gives the description of going down through the priest's uh, head all the way down to his collar, all the way down to all his robe. And, and, and then he gives the, the thing about Mount Hermon and the morning dew, the morning dew. So it it presents not only a smelling perfume, a beautiful perfume, a beautiful oil, but also it gives us a picture of the morning dew upon a mountain. And then the Bible says, and there I commanded a blessing, a blessing. So when you're obedient to God, get ready for a double dose. Get ready when everybody gets together together there is a double dose there, double dose. Like, I, I was marveled when the Lord told me, I want you to do these conferences. And I, I, said, I said to the leaders, let's do this now to wake up everybody. Do you know that I've seen the blessing of God just fall? I was sitting in the front. Every service I sit in the front, and I'm there praying. And just to see the blessing and the growth And the beautiful presence of God and the guys teaching, preaching, and they're just moving under the anointing and to feel what's going on with the congregation. And I feel that that scripture fits right in because God got us together and there is a great blessing flowing down into the people from the top all the way to the bottom. So there God commands. So what do we need? We need three things and I'm going to rush through this. If we're going to be in unity, we're going to need the anointing of God. Because the anointing is so beautiful, but it convicts you. How many here have ever felt convicted? You know, how many here feel convicted now? Okay, that's good. A few of you, good. But the conviction and the anointing, the anointing is the presence of God that covers you and begins to deal with issues in your life. And then when you fix those things, then he blesses you. And he even blesses you when those issues are not even fixed. He just refreshes you so that you can move on further than what you are. The other thing that that unity uh, of the brethren begins to happen, there's a refreshing, a refreshing, a refreshing that falls on you. How many here have ever gotten up from prayer or you got up from a service and you feel so refreshed? So refreshed that you feel so good when you walk out. You feel refreshed in your mind, in your heart. You feel like taking on the world because the refreshment of God is there. Then there's the other one that falls on the brethren God's blessings of God gifting you with gifts inside of you. Today, when I saw the team, I I was blessed. When I saw them over there, I was blessed. When I saw them everywhere that I've been seeing them in the different conferences, I am so blessed because I get to see the giftings, the talents of when they started and how far they have gone. When I see Jimi Hendrix in the back and Cream in the back and everybody, I, I rejoice with a little Afro. I said, that's Jimi Hendrix right here. Holy Ghost Jimi Hendrix. So I get glad. They, they don't see that, but in my mind, in my heart, my spirit, I'm, I'm like an old percolator, you know, that the ones you used to throw in the fire, people, people, people. It starts percolating inside of me. And I start seeing the blessing of God and the gifting of God. And then I, when I see Raul, man, he dances and all. No, that Latino has more ta-da-da-la-da. Tiene maraca que la I mean, I got a lot of. How can I say it? You got a, got a lot of dance in you. There you go. That was a compliment, brother. Okay. Because I sit there, I said, I wish I could do that, but no, rabu has got it down, man. He's got it down. Yeah. So we need the anointing, we need the refreshing of God, and we need God's blessings to bless us with the giftings. Some of you are so gifted. You know, I get hungry because I don't have Stella, so the kitchen, Stella's kitchen, those ladies cook for me. I am so blessed to have two cooks, three cooks, three fairy godmothers. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, that's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> they always tell me, how oh, are you, Pastor? They give me this big smile. I go, man, it's hot in there. Yeah, but we're happy doing this. We were just happy. Are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. What you? I, we'll make you something. And they tell me, and they just bring it to me. And they just bless me. The three fairies. They just just make it happen. You know. And I, I am. I, I am so blessed to see the blessing of God and the gifting of cooks, knowing that I'm not going to get poisoned. Because <laughs> people can be mean when they cook. That's why you always treat the cook good. Even in jail, they tell you, treat the cook good, man. Because he could knock you out quick. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it there. I covered a lot. A lot. So men, let's be the men. Women, be the woman that you need to be. Young people. Be exactly the way you are right now because God's doing something beautiful. And for those that are going to have a brand new baby, get ready for the biggest blessing you ever got, that little, (laughs) tiny, tiny, or big baby. Whatever it is, tiny or bigger, just remember they're pure, and it's a gift of God giving you a baby. And when you look at their little eyes, they have no, they're not red or anything, they're clear-eyed. Smell their breath, no bad breath. All their skin is so beautiful. It's just a baby. And God said, I'm giving you this gift so you can bring them up in the things of God. And when you touch that baby, it's the gift of God for you you imagine? Every baby that Stella had, I used to touch. I said, man, this is a miracle. And then she would tell me, I que bonita. Yeah, 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 all that too. Yeah. But they're beautiful, innocent babies. So don't drop them. <laughs> Do not drop them, okay? Treat them good. They're innocent and God gave it to you for a responsibility. Oh God. I just threw that in for free because we're going to have a lot more babies. Let me say it again we're going to have a lot more babies. No. Don't be surprised if one of these days your wife says, I'm pregnant. I say nothing bad, right? It's just And you're going to say, "Oh not again. It <laughs> doesn't matter. If God's given it, God will provide, God will bless it, God will bless you and prosper you. And you'll say, "I am glad we had them all, because they're sent by God, and we only live one time. And what an honor to reproduce who we are. For the kingdom of God, come on, stand with me, with me. And as you're standing, would you just lift up your hands with you, both of them, both of them? Remember, one without doubt, and one without wrath. God is not mad at you. God is with you. Say it with me in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you. For everything that you have given me, I thank you for my life, I thank you for my wife if you're married, or for the wife that's coming, (laughs) I heard that, hallelujah, and for everything that you're going to give us, I have my hands up, because I am believing for great things, and I love you. And I thank you that you're not mad at me, but you love me. And I can ask you whatever I have to ask you, and I'll receive it at your timing. Thank you, Jesus. Make me a better person. Let me love my brothers. Let me, brother, let me love my sisters with all due respect and honor. And right now, in the name of Jesus, let the blessing of God fall upon my life. In the name of Jesus, I receive it all, Father. I receive it all. This future that I have is a blessed future. I thank you now. Now give the Lord a good clap of and just praise Him. Just praise him.